Yeah, the vibe is in. She gon' slide again. Yeah, the vibe is in. She gon' slide again. What's your purpose? I need my money urgent. Welcome to the Full Steam Ahead podcast, where we discuss all things STEM with a twist of art. The purpose of Full Steam Ahead is to provide a platform for individuals who are currently pursuing or planning to pursue a career in the fields of STEM, science, technology, engineering, and math. While the discussion and promotion of STEM fields will be the main focus of the show, art will play a key role as well. The art portion of the show will be discussed in various manners and how it relates to STEM. Full Steam Ahead will promote careers in the STEAM fields and serve as an outlet for professionals looking for inspirational interviews. Our goal is to encourage the next generation of STEAM leaders, bring our experiences to life, and encourage you to reach your full potential. So with that said, uh, let's kick off our very first episode. Uh, but first, we want to give a shout out to Matt. Happy birthday. I'm not going to throw out your age unless you want to. But, um, 31, baby. Let's go. Let's go. All right. So happy birthday. I'll let you go on ahead and introduce yourself. Give us, you know, some background where you uh, went to school, what your major was, what you're doing now, uh, where you're from, uh, you know, anything you want to share with with everybody. Cool. Thank you, James. Appreciate it. Um, yeah, it's uh, Matt Diggs. Um, I was born and raised here in Portsmouth, Virginia. Uh, went to Western Branch High School, graduated from there in 2008. Uh, decided to go to North Carolina A&T, uh, HBCU in Greensboro, North Carolina. Um, studied civil engineering there and um, how this all relates to STEM and STEAM for me is I've been doing art like my whole life and um, I struggled, especially like my junior year of college figuring out whether or not I was going to stick with engineering or like switch to a graphic design <laughs> major. Um, I decided to stick through it with uh, the civil engineering degree, uh, graduated in 2012, and I just been doing art on the side um, since then. Um, I currently work at a shipyard here in Virginia, um, doing facilities, engineer, engineering and maintenance. Um, Multi-million dollar projects, daily sustainment of facility repairs and modifications. It's a pretty stressful job, but it's fun. And uh, like I said, on the side, I, I do art. So I have a platform called Urban Digs, um, where we do events, uh, push other artists um, forward, and promote my own artwork as well. So that's basically my background in much. So. Okay, Alante, you can go ahead next. For sure. What's up, y'all? My name's Alante. I go by LL. I am a proud Detroit native and a grad. Uh, again, I'm from Detroit. I also went to North Carolina A&T. I studied biological engineering there where I learned about like bioprocessing and really fell in love with research. And I am now perpetually unemployed because I am a grad student. I'm 31 and I'm still in grad school, <laughs> um, but I'm currently doing a joint PhD in civil engineering, engineering and public policy at Carnegie Mellon University. Um, and I look at share autonomous mobility policy um, and that has been really fun. I've made quite a few pivots in my life 
from being in ag to switching to civil engineering, um, working a while in higher ed administration as well. So happy to be here. All right, cool. Thanks for the intro. Um, Brill, we have you go next. Hi, everyone. I'm Brill. I am from Tulsa, Oklahoma, home of the Black Wall Street. I went to the University of Tulsa um, in undergrad. I graduated with a Bachelor of Fine Arts in Graphic Design. Um, immediately after graduating, I joined Peace Corps and served overseas in the Caribbean for a couple years, then came back and started um, at a um, news station, a CBS affiliate news station, and did broadcast graphic design, and then went on to join a ad an ad agency and was working on all kinds of accounts there. But throughout the course of my career, I started seeing the shift happen um, with the inception of the iPhone and kind of seeing how graphic design went from something a lot more tangible to something a little more immaterial and digital was really fascinating to me. So I decided to go back to grad school and embark on a journey, try to transition into user experience design. And as I've been matriculating through, I found myself really fascinated with some of the kind of psychological concepts that um, are involved. And yeah, I'm looking to um, use my mind a little bit more than my hands. So that's where I'm at right now. I'm currently in grad school pursuing an MFA in graphic design with a minor in human factors. Great, great. Appreciate that. Um, sorry, we can move on to you. Hey, yeah. Uh, my name is Sharnice. I'm okay with going by Char, whatever you're comfortable with, as long as you pronounce it correctly. Um, uh, born and raised in St. Louis, Missouri. Um, first generation college student. I had two. Went to a HBCU. Uh, proud to be an Alabama State University alumni. Went there for years. Uh, majored in math. Um, didn't really expect to go into like, I didn't know you can major in like a subject, right? Math, biology, stuff like that. But ended up majoring in math. Uh, calculus rocked my world. <laughs> Learned about proofs and definitions and like, oh, it's, it's actually writing and words, not uh, numbers. And then uh, I went to grad school. I uh, went to the University of Alabama and got a master's in math. Uh, from there, I left. Uh, that math department kind of it, it was a it was a rough time for me. It was rough for me that time in grad school. So I left. Um, I taught math for a nonprofit. I went over in South Korea, taught English for a while, came back, and I was teaching at a technical college. And so I really loved what I did. I loved my students. I loved everything. So I decided to go back to school, but I wanted to change my major. I didn't want to go back to the math department. And I had a lot of connections at UA. So I was like, okay, I got to figure out what to do. So I ended up majoring in material science, which is, uh, it's under engineering. And so major in material science, I actually used my math degree by writing codes like computer science. I used MATLAB. So I was in the writing codes and I studied 3D printed metal. Uh, I worked under a NASA grant there. And so I studied this 3D printed metal, wrote some codes, uh, and ended up graduating, got my PhD. And then I did a postdoc at Auburn. Uh, we do not wear Eagle over here. But um, it was a cool experience, also a difficult time. I would never recommend anybody to go to Auburn. Um, and I'm not just saying that because I'm biased because, I mean, I roll tight, but uh, I did not have enjoy my experience in the engineering department. 
Um, but you know, nevertheless, I got the postdoc there. It was okay. And now I teach at a prestigious university here in St. Louis, um, teaching a mechanical engineer material science department. Um, I'm non-senior track, so I don't do research now, but uh, I enjoy teaching my, with my students. And so that's where I'm at now. I feel I feel like y'all did a lot. Right. Like y'all did a lot. We'll go ahead with you, Taylor. <laughs> yeah. Um, so my name uh, is Taylor. Um, born in Houston, uh, lived in Houston for about eight years, and then um, ended up graduating from high school in Columbus, Texas. Uh, did my undergrad at UT, the University of Texas at Austin. Um, proud Longhorn. Um, originally was a biology major there uh, because my plan was to go to medical school, um, and I got there and. You know, I I guess I'll speak on it more uh, later. Um, I I like science in the in the in the realm of medicine, but learn about the like minutia of different biological elements. It's not really my my interest uh, per se. Uh, so I ended up changing my major to accounting um, during my second year while I was at UT, and uh, still did my prereqs for uh, medical school. I took the MCAT and ended up going to medical school in uh, Galveston at the UT Medical Branch. Um, there for four years, and then ended up doing my uh, my residency training in at the University of Oklahoma. Which, if, if y'all know anything about uh, Texas rivalries. Uh, UT and, and OU are, are very uh, fierce rivals, so definitely got a lot of side eyes whenever I was uh, <laughs> I decided to do my training there, but uh, it ended up being a good time, so I was in uh, Tulsa for four years where I met uh, James and, and Brill and uh, did my training there in internal medicine and pediatrics, so um, I have two board certifications, and so I'm able to work with adults and kids. Um, and when I finished there, I ended up getting a job uh, as an internal medicine hospitalist in Memphis. And so that's where I'm, I'm practicing right now. Um, I think the plan overall would be to, right now I just take care of adults. And the, the plan would be to uh, take care of both adults and kids and also get into a faculty role where I'm working more with, with uh, medical students, residents, um, and anyone aspiring to be in the medical field. So. That's kind of where I'm at right now, uh, career-wise, but good to be here. All right, yeah, that's, that's kind of hard to follow up with, too. Um, but I am James, and so, let's see, where do I start at? I am um, a proud Georgian um, from the Atlanta, Georgia area, um, Lithonia, east side to be exact. Um, never forget it. Um, I went to Martin Luther King High School, uh, attended North Carolina A&T State University as well, so Aggie Pride. Uh, I majored in civil engineering at North Carolina A&T. After doing my four years there uh, and getting my Bachelor of Science, I went to uh, University of Arkansas at Fayetteville, Woo Pig Suey. Uh, shout out to all my Arkansas people. Uh, yeah, and I did my master's of science in civil engineering there as well. Uh, so I've pretty much always been in the civil engineering realm. Um, 
you know, but I've always enjoyed stuff outside of that, be it uh, architecture, um, architectural engineering, things of that nature. Uh, so when I finished my master's in Arkansas, I moved to um, Tulsa, Oklahoma, where I got a job and I was doing um, cell phone tower or um, cell structure analysis on different towers, doing foundation designs and things of that nature. Uh, then I, you know, did that for about four years and then I decided I wanted to switch. So I switched to the energy industry, um, which is, so I'm in the sector that does uh, design for a lot of utility companies. Um, we basically design the overhead power lines that you see and also the overhead distribution lines. Um, you know, large, large voltages, 138 kilovolts, 345 kilovolts. You touch it and it's, it's a wrap. Um, so that's, that's what I do for a living. Um, and I'm still uh, very heavily involved. I still do, you know, I'm still in the trenches, uh, you know, doing, the, doing the, the calculations, pulling out my calculator every day, um, doing what needs to be done. But I, I'm glad that we were able to pull this together. Um, I've met all of you on very unique occasions. Of course, Matt and Elante, I met you all at a and um, you know, we all had, we had different classes together, whether it was hydrology, um, or it was Teasley for environmental, uh, things of that nature. Taylor and Brill, I met both of y'all in Tulsa. Um, always had great times. And Shar, I met you through, earlier this year, through my, yeah, yeah. And I currently live in Houston, I forgot to say that part. Um, so yeah, um, yeah, in Houston. At uh, Full Steam Ahead, we kind of like to do different segments, like to try different things, get different tastes, different flavors. Uh, so I'll let Elante go on ahead and lead our lit segment of the podcast. Um, and lit stands for lessons in the trap. Uh, so you can go ahead and take that away. For sure. So this week's lesson from the trap, lesson in the trap. Um, I kind of was going back and forth between two songs. Because but then two, Ch- two chains came out a new album, so we gonna skip the first song I had in mind. But I don't know if y'all heard of Deontay, Hitch- Deontay Hitchcock. Are y'all familiar with that artist? Yeah, I actually just uh, was listening to his album, one of his albums that came out earlier this year when I was uh, heading home a couple weeks ago, and it was slapping. Yeah, right. Like I, uh, I mm-hmm. found one of his songs randomly on like an Apple playlist, and have been following him. And so he did just come out with his first album called Better. And he has a song called I Remember that I just thought was so fire. And this applies to like my life, I guess, like he's talking about his transition to the music industry and like how even though his surroundings have changed, like he's never going to forget where he uh, who he is and where he came from. And I feel like that's something I it's always in the back of my mind as I'm continuing with my education. I'm almost done with my PhD. And it's like, yeah, the CMU stuff is cute. I love it. I'm happy to be here. But at the end of the day, I'm an Aggie and I'm a Detroiter. So like, I always um, love any song that kind of like brings me back to that. Like, yeah, all this stuff is great. And I can definitely be in these spaces. But uh, those are the things that I kind of present and think of first and who I want to say true to. So what y'all got for y'all lessons in the trap? wants to go first? I can go. I can go first. Um, so speaking of Detroit, so I had to write mine down. Um, so that, that the latest Big Sean album, I really rock with that song, Deep Reverence, uh, the one featuring Nipsey. So there, the line is, how the F is people that never met me that hate me? I wonder if they understand that I meditate daily and feel like my life purpose is to give inspiration 
despite the hit songs that there's just no escaping, that I take care of my family and beat the odds that were deadly. You hate that? That just reflects your lack of succession. So I picked that because uh, it, it really, like when he's talking about people hate him and they don't know him. Like you, yeah, you see, you see artists and you see people, you might see people, let's, we can take it even away from celebrities, but you see people uh, on Instagram and stuff. And you know, you're like, oh, they got this or they got that, or they are this way or they're that way. But you don't really know someone really until you talk to them or you, you kind of get to see what their mindset is like. Um, and so, and then it really hit me where it said, I feel like my life purpose is to give inspiration. And I, I definitely feel like that's me. Like, I feel like I was put in engineering in STEM to, to, to inspire others, but to show others that you can use these fields to do more than just, you know, like if you go into biology, you can do more than just biology. You can go into engineering and you can build your own company or you can go into to math and you can, you can be a person coming up with a new equation, but also, you know, doing stuff in accounting. Um, it, it just depends. And then when he continues to break it down, he says, you know, despite the hit songs, there's just no escaping. And the whole no escaping thing is you can't, you can't escape your purpose. So, and a lot of people try to do that. Um, so what you were put here for, um, you know, it's not always going to be roses, um, accept it, keep it moving. Um, it's going to be rough times, but you, you really just got to stay humble, um, grind it out. And then you'll, you'll start to see your purpose there. Um, you know, and taking care of your family and really, when he says um, you hate that, like basically you're, you're hating on what he does. You're hating on his purpose when really you just got to stay in your own lane. I feel like I need to like oh. snap my fingers <laughs> real quick. <laughs> I went a whole different direction with this. <laughs> it don't matter. So, the song I picked was Drake, Underground Kings. Oh, yeah, that's um, it's, off, it's, it's off my favorite Drake album. Mm-hmm. And I just love that song because I just feel like he's talking shit. He cocky. And it's like, look at Drake now. Like, he, he's a pop star. Like, like you can play Drake in any group of people, any mix of people, and you can find songs that's a great hit. And it's just like, I just love to see, like, where he started and how he is now. So I love that song. So that's why I picked Drake, Underground Kings. I mean, that's my favorite Drake album. So I had to pay a little homage for that. <laughs> Yeah, cool, shout cool. out to Drake. Yeah. So far gone album, freshman year. Good times. <laughs> <laughs> right. Take you back to that time, huh? Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Um, I'll go next. Um, I took it back a little bit. I chose uh Lupe Fiasco kick put I was actually gonna pick uh push a T song. Um but that one was a little bit too like boastful, I felt like so. <laughs> I'm going I'm to go with this <laughs> Lupe Fiasco track, uh, Kick Push. It's a classic song. Um, for me, it was like junior high school, I think. And it was an era where, I don't know, styles were changing and like just, just a lot of stuff was happening as far as like black culture. Um, and so anyways, his opening lyrics for Kick Push um, First got it when he was six, didn't know any tricks. Matter of fact, first time he got on, he slipped. Landed on his hip and bust his lip. For a week, he had a talk with a lisp like this. Now we can end the story right here, but Shorty didn't quit. It was something in the air. Yeah, he said it was something so appealing. He couldn't fight the feeling, something about it. 
He knew he couldn't doubt it. He couldn't understand it, brand it. Since the first kickflip, he landed. Labeled a misfit, a bandit. Cocoon, cocoon, cocoon. His neighbors couldn't stand it. So he was banished to the park, started in the morning. When it stopped till after dark. Yeah, when they said it's getting late in here. So I'm sorry, young man, there's no skating here. And so you look at those track, like all those lyrics. And of course he's talking about skateboarding, which is dope. Um, but I think you can apply the lyrics to anything that you're doing in life. Um, as far as like um, getting knocked down, having to get back up, progress, you know what I'm saying? Things are challenging. Um, nothing, nothing really comes easy, you know what I'm saying? Like as far as setting your new goals and getting to that next level in your life. And so um, I wanted to reference this song because I mean, we've all gone through something, you know, that we had to face adversity and whatnot, especially being, um, you know, black folks, <laughs> just put it straightforward. So um, yeah, this, this track, that whole album was fire, but yeah, this track is, of course is a classic. So shout out to Lupe. I'll go next. That's a perfect segue into mine. I took it back to, um, as Matt was saying, um, being black personally in design, there's just not a lot of us in this field. And so, you know, I've dealt with my bouts of imposter syndrome and I'm actually working on my thesis and we have to have like a pieces for our exhibit at the end of the year. And so I've been trying to conceptualize all these different pieces. And one of them is centered around the word competence. And so I've been ruminating on that these last couple of days. And the lyric that has been popping out to me has been Kanye's last call, where he um, says, no, I can let these dream killers kill my self-esteem. I use the arrogance as my steam to power my dreams. Let's go. Um, and <laughs> I just, I just, I mean, you know, Kanye, you know, that the person is a whole nother subject, but as a musician, I just, I just really, he's, he's just really gifted and talented. And I really, really, I think we can all aspire to the same level of self-love as, as he has. <laughs> so, yeah. so yeah, when I'm trying to like hype myself up, I definitely am listening to some Kanye to kind of like get my mind right. So yeah, that was fine. Yeah, Kanye's a goat in his own right, for sure. Yeah, for no sure. doubt about that. Yeah. Yeah. All right, I'll go ahead and go uh, go next. So uh, this song, I kind of, I had heard it a lot up until the time I actually, uh, it started resonating with me. Uh, it was, that was in the Dream 3, J. Cole. Oh, yeah. Um, oh. Yeah, yeah, I knew James would like that one. But uh <laughs> The time, the, the time that this song like actually started resonated with me. I had I was in residency. I had some stuff going on at work and had to get some assignments that felt like you know it was impossible. And I, obviously, like looking back, a lot of things that we go through aren't as like big as what it seems like when you're like in that moment. But like in that moment, it seemed like everything that you know it's like I'm not going to be able to, to finish this like in a in a quality way. And so I don't even I don't remember if I was scrolling for something to listen to like while I was you know just gonna start grinding away at it but somehow the song came on and I started listening to it and you know the lyrics start off on this first verse he said you know walk with the person I give you my pain so much on my mind I wonder how it fit in my brain scattered thoughts dark secrets lead me to a blacker heart 
life can't get any worse. Stevie with his glasses off. Now nah, it's dramatic. Like <laughs> in my situation, <laughs> it was it was dramatic. But you know, I felt like what what he was what I felt like he was feeling at that time. And so he starts off talking about what you know what he's going through. But then he kind of progresses through the song. And then by by the time you get to the end, let me scroll to the end. I don't, I don't this close to do. Um, it kind of gets more. It kind of shows his progression from like, okay, I'm in this dark place, and then start pushing through, and then you like get to the end, and he says, you know, uh, like what a day, another, or what a life, another day, another night. At times like this, stuff is all blurry. Pray and hope that God heard me. Just for those praying for me, man, I know that y'all worry, but I ain't never failed, and you can bet I never will. And I just, I even just now, just like reading, that, I get chills and. <laughs> you know, it just shows like, you know, if, you know, if you're Christian or spiritual, you know, you, you, you pray for these things and you just trust that God has you. Um, and then it also speaks to like the support system that, that we have and that we have to have in order for us to keep pushing through, you know, adversity that we face in life. Um, and it's that, that pressure of feeling like, you know, Maybe you may or may not feel it, but you know, pressure of like your people, like on you, like your family, uh, black people in general, uh, being in whatever fields we're in, uh, feeling that pressure and honor that you know you're representing them, um, and you know, you just appreciate the support, and it kind of, I guess, guides you and. You know, it just gives you that motivation to say, like, okay, I'm gonna put the, I'm gonna put the people on my back. I'm gonna represent. I'm gonna do well. And when I do well, that creates a path for everyone else is gonna like come along. So this song just really gives me motivation. And now, whenever I'm like going through things or feeling like, you know, there's something I can't face, I just like listen to this song, and it, it just kind of motivates me. I wanna, uh, I wanna add something to that real quick. Not, but I just remember. So that album dropped. That album dropped in 2011. That was me and Matt's senior year, and we were roommates in college that year. Matt was playing it in the in the crib all the time, and then um, I remember I asked him to burn it one day, and like literally, this is when CDs were getting burned. Like I was, I still had a, a CD player in my car, and I, actually, I think I still had one in my current car. But uh, had the CD. I still have I still have a whole thing of CDs like out in in the living room somewhere. But yeah, I got the whole joint. The, I got the, all the album art, the, the the booklets, all of it. I got I have it's like a hundred CDs that fit in the joint. I still have them because that's a whole nother story. But I just remember Matt uh, let me. He put me. He pretty much put me on more J Cole during that time. And then like that song has always been monumental for me. Sorry, I just had to add that. Yeah, I saw uh, J Cole when he was coming up at a at Winston Salem. It was like this hip hop festival thing they were doing. Where they involve like breakdancing uh, and like a hip hop showcase. We won that jam, by the way. It was a breakdance competition. Shout out to Energy and Drew. Um, but so after that, they, I used to breakdance. Yeah. I'm retired. I'm retired. Yeah. But uh, got videos. <laughs> yeah, I got some videos. Oh, we got to um, see those. Yeah, Maybe, yeah. Another time. Another time. <laughs> <laughs> but. Uh, but yeah, the, the closing event was like J. Cole performing and that was like his first mixtape or whatever. And so he was still like, he was popular in North Carolina. Like I say, like on the come up, but yeah, that's like, it that was a cool moment to see him before he like really 
like took off. So yeah, we had some gems. We had a whole homecoming concert in 2011. It was him, Wale, and Drake. We're gonna move into the next uh, segment of the show where it's called blowing off some steam. Uh, and so basically, this is where we kind of we we kind of focus on an issue that's going on or or a topic uh, that we feel like we need to, we can expound upon or something that relates to us, and we can kind of you know let off any any anger or even if it's not anger, any joy um, or any type of feelings that you have towards it, um, and catch it. It's called blowing off steam. You know, steam, steam. So y'all get it. Cool. Uh, so Sabra will be leading this. I'll let you go ahead and take that away as well. Thank you. So I was actually kind of um, inspired by something that Taylor just said not that long ago. So I'm gonna pivot here a little bit. Um, when you said like feeling like the honor and the pressure of like being like the only um, in our respective fields, um, that got me to thinking like, yeah, it's nice. And there is like all of this. Sometimes I just wish that I didn't have to be the representative. I wish we had that same level of autonomy as other people when it comes to like our race, like, you know, no other, I don't know, Rebecca, for example, and your interactions with her don't leave you with impressions about her entire race. It just, well, you know, usually. Um, so yeah, I don't know, that just got me to thinking, I really wish it would, it, we lived in a society that um, didn't judge us based off of singular people. But um, yeah, I, uh, I feel you on that. I'm sorry, but yeah, no, I mean, I think ahead. about that every day. Yeah, every day. So it's like, um, you know, even just growing up from the things that my parents taught me. You know, what I'm saying there's certain things that you know I cannot do. You know, you got to show up. And you, like you said, be the representative. Um, and I've heard things like, oh, you're not like the other, you know, black folks or whatever. And it's like, yes, what y'all talking about? Like, <laughs> anyways, but yeah, I, I completely feel that because it's, this is something that I think about every day, especially being in a predominantly white field. Um, so that's what we do. You know, we show up, we show out and, uh, I feel like it is another level of responsibility that we all have. Um, so you just gotta put your best foot forward. I think it's interesting you brought this up because I had a conversation with somebody how a lot of these companies and universities, they keep talking about diversity and inclusion, diversity and inclusion. I mean, but all they're really doing is just increasing numbers. Um, so it's like, you're getting diversity, but we don't feel included. It's, there's no inclusion. You know, we don't feel heard, we don't feel seen. We don't necessarily feel welcomed um, or included, right? Like you give me a seat at the table, but it's just like, where's my plate? <laughs> you know, mm. like I, I want the appetizer too. I want the entree too, you know? So um, it's difficult. You know, I actually had a discussion with one of my female black students um, the other day, cause she she's a dual degree student. And so she takes a few years at her home institution and comes to this school to get, you know, two degrees. And so she was saying how she was just so disappointed how there aren't any black students, I mean, black professors. And she's just so upset, like, there's no black professors. I don't have any black professors. And my other school have black professors, you know? And I was like, well, one, this is a private school. So it's smaller and it's an engineering program. So it's really small. I'm like, but two, I said, look around your classroom. Cause the class she was in is a, 
it's a it's a big class. It was like 100 students. I said, out of 100 students, how many black people did you see? And so she looked around. She was like, well, it's probably like three of us. I said, so out of 100 students, it's three of y'all major in this major. I said, how many of y'all going to get the PhD and actually go back and teach? I said, how many of y'all going to stand in front of that classroom, take the pay cut? Because we always want to go work in industry or work for the government, make the six figures. I said, so take the pay cut. How many of y'all going to go back and teach in academia to be that person? She said, dang. She said, thanks for putting it into perspective. I said, you're not going to be there. Like, you're not taking it. You're not doing it. You know? So it's, it's difficult, you know. But, yeah, we go through it every day. Yeah. And I think yeah. about, like, I, I completely agree. And even with Sabrina, was like, the whole idea of us, like, sometimes having to show up as, like, representatives for our entire um you know, the black experience, I just really push against that. Like I do not exist to educate anybody about my experience. And I really, in academia, you know, cause like y'all read, you know, like I get it in corporate. I'm not saying it's, I'm not making an excuse. I'm just saying in academia specifically, everyone's supposed to be like these, you know, well-educated, learned people. So why don't you go learn about my experience the same way you read your articles about your work you can spend 10 15 minutes reading articles evidence-based about like the black graduate oops the black experience for engineering students or the experience for black engineering students you could do a lot and so I really struggle when it's like well tell me how you feel like I'm not here to give you trauma porn I'm here to learn do my work Mm -hmm. and then you can educate yourself because that's what you do all day so that's my little Yes, I'm with you 100%. I I encounter that with the world every day, with the world every day, because interacting with different people, I'm like, I'm not here to tell you or to educate you. Like, that's not my job. You know, if you want to learn, you can, like you said, you can pick up a book, read an article. I mean, when I want to learn something, that's what I do. So how do you, when, and I agree with all y'all, how do y'all feel about people that do kind of like, they read the book, but then they still don't understand or they like, like, for instance, okay, they, they read the book, but then they kind of take it too far. Like they think they know everything at that point. Like for instance, let's take, have y'all, um, y'all watch Atlanta or have y'all seen Atlanta? The episode, I think it was season two when yes, the Juneteenth celebration where it was the white dude who was married to the black lady, but it was almost like he felt like he knew everything. Right. So how do y'all how do y'all feel about about those type of people? Like, is there is there a way to be for somebody to be in between? I, I was gonna say I feel like whenever you're not when you're not a part of a group, like you can only learn so much about um, a demographic that you're not a part of. So if I want to go learn about you know like Latino culture or whatever, you can read all the books you want, talk to all the people you want, but I don't feel like it's ever anyone's space to presume to know more about someone's culture than someone who actually lives it. So I think it's, it's admirable if someone wants to learn about a new culture and, and, you know, be included, get, you know, talk to people, get experience or whatever. But at the same time, it's, it's, I don't think it's ever acceptable to, to presume to know more about someone that's kind of disrespectful <laughs> in my mind. Yeah, I think uh, it's one thing to read a book, but like build relationships with those people too. Like, you know what I mean? Actually be a part of it. And then you can have some, um, the closest thing to like, you know, shared experiences 
but even still, you can't just act like you know everything about <laughs> that particular group or culture um, when you're not really a part of it. Yeah, I really sure. try. Oh, I really try to judge people off their intentions sometimes. Right. Because yeah. I think I think the intentions are pure. Like they mean well, you know. Um, and hopefully with those people, you have the relationships where you be like, hold on. Like you read this book, but you can't like you, you can't say, you know, every black experience because every black person isn't the same. So although they may read the books, they may read the literature, they might have seen the documentaries. They still don't know how you feel about this certain thing because your experience is unique. Right. Everyone has a unique experience. Um, personally though, I, I, I don't hang out with that many people <laughs> outside my race that much. Um, and it's just a choice that I make. Uh, cause a lot of times when I see stuff like that, it's, it's almost cringy for me. And so it's like, I know they mean well, so it's like, I'm not trying to, but it's like, it's cringy for me. It's like, and it's like, I hate to see it. And so it was like, instead of me getting an attitude or being upset about it, I'm just like, I just remove myself. Cause with stuff like that, it's just like. It's just, it's just, I, 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 I can't stand it, to be honest. I got you. Yeah. Um, I mean, I think one of the biggest things is that as Black people, we are not monolithic. And I, I think that's been said several times, but it really is, it really is like, like, we get placed in this box and it's like, oh, you're supposed to be this way or that way. And then what's even worse is that sometimes we've let other races or whoever define us as as this and then sometimes we do it to our own people we say oh you're supposed to be this way or that way and and then it backfires on us because then it's like oh well you know you're trying to put this person in a box or that person in the box and really you know we just gotta we have to take each other for 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 what we are and and admire that and and keep keep that moving but i yeah i definitely feel like you can't you can't read a book you can't you know, there's no like day in the life experience. You can't, you know, you can't, you can't just put on blackface or you can't just be like, oh, I'm gonna try being black for a day. It just doesn't work like that. Like, you know, just like we can't, we can't be like, um, oh, I'm, I'm gonna be Hispanic or Asian for, you know, a day or a year, a month or whatever. It just doesn't work like that. And, and uh, a lot of society or people try to make it seem like you can just understand everything when it's just not like that. You just got to give people their, their space. There's all these kind of other external forces at play here as well. One um, salient one for me being the media. Um, a lot of people don't even, they've never even met black people before. A lot of people don't have any kind of contact with even American born people, like a lot of them don't even have contact with black people. So a lot of the context that they get about us is from the media and the media, you know, we all know it perpetuates these stereotypes about us. And um, uh, there's a theory called cultivation theory um, that states basically information that people receive from the TV, um, they believe it to be true and real. And so when they perceive it to be real, that's how they will um, act out in the world. So when they come out into the world, they're thinking that what they're seeing on TV is real. And so they see a black person rob somebody on TV, they think you're gonna, they're gonna be robbed. And so they'll be like super like anxious around you. But you know, these types of things, like 
they affect us in real life. So what I find like really um, kind of like empowering and I'm really hopeful is that a lot of black creatives are taking our narratives back and like Issa Rae, Lena Waif, uh, Justin Simeon um, and telling like all these different types of black stories. Um, yeah. Yeah, um, yeah, that's definitely something, you know, that has always, you know, poses like a, a big issue in in society or, or period, you know, like people people viewing us one way and it actually being a completely different way or not falling to a category that somebody somebody wants you to. And I think it's really important, you know, that us, like us here and then everybody else, you know, that, that watches this or uh, whatever, that they they really realize that, you know, we've got to be the example you know, to other, to, to the youth coming up. Okay. We don't have to be in this box that they try to put us in. We don't have to do the same thing that they, that they want us to do. You know, I think it's, um, so, you know, that's why that's really my biggest reason for, for wanting to be in, in steam in in STEM. Um, you know, even though sometimes like if I'm at work, I'm like, oh yeah, I can't, I can't, I can't keep doing this or I'm tired of this or I'm tired of that. But then it's like, man, I, I have to keep, I have to show somebody else that they don't necessarily have to stay in, in a box, even, even in, in STEM or STEAM, you don't have to stay in, in what you're doing. You can use your talents to do several other things, you know? Um, and that's really like the biggest point. Like, you know, I never, I, I, I understand, you know, everything that, that's going on. I understand stuff that's going on in classes at work or whatever, but that doesn't necessarily mean that you were enjoyed or that's what you were, you were called to do. You know, it, it might be a vehicle to, to something else. And I don't know if y'all can, can relate to that or not, but I know I can. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. So just to piggyback off of what Brill said earlier, um, I mean, yeah, that's why there's been a lot of controversy, like with the media and movies and like the roles black people usually play in those films and, you know, all that stuff. Um, because we're not just like one type of people, um, and that's why it was so important when Obama got elected as president. Because it's like, yeah, what? Sure. Black man president? Man, A&T 2008 was crazy when he got elected. <laughs> um, I mean, I know it was like that around the world. But yeah, that experience was incredible to see someone like us be in that position. Um, so it's not like we're not just playing that role as a gangbanger you know, slinging drugs and stuff. It's like, we can do other stuff and all that stuff needs to be portrayed. And just like James, like you were saying, and there's days at work where we're just like, man, I can't, I can't do this. Yeah, I can't, I can't do this today, man. But it's like, it's not, it's bigger than us at the end of the day. And because we are such a limited group in the fields that we're in, we always have to have that in the back of our mind because there's going to be someone that's looking up to us and following up behind us. Um, and so we got to yeah. represent that. And I, I think that's important. And just like Jane, like that's part of the reason why I'm still doing what I'm doing now, because I know like someone's got to represent that this can actually happen and this could work and this could be a future for us. So, yeah, definitely. Definitely. Well, all right. It sounds like, uh, you know, we are able to get our input going right there. I want to kind of, um, I want to try something a little different and see if we can, we can kind of 
see where everybody's heads are at with different different topics. So we're gonna move into uh, our nature versus nurture uh, segment of the show, which I'm going to going to lead. So this is this is where we try to figure out is this something that's kind of like um, you know built into you as you were as you've grown up, or is this something? Um, is it more of like your environment or is it kind of just, you know, like a, a regional thing? Um, so we'll start out. It'll be a either or type of thing. And, you know, each of us will say which one we prefer and then we'll kind of talk about why. Um, so the first one's going to be kind of nerdy um, since, you know, we are all in all in STEM. Um, so would you prefer to do geometry proofs or calculus integrals? Practice integrals. I skipped geometry in college, high school. I don't know no geometry. You skipped geometry? Like literally didn't take the class? No, I skipped it. Like I skipped class. Oh. <laughs> I was like, bro, how did you <laughs> wait? <laughs> okay. Gotcha. I, I'm going to still go with calculus integrals because I just use it all the time and I, know, I feel like I know it now. But mm-hmm. yeah, I, I don't know. Geometry proofs are so easy. With, like now, looking at it it's so easy it's like this is a mathematician basic math but it's like basic <laughs> math <so it's> not- <laughs> yeah i would have to go for i would have to go with proof so anything with like logic and, and that sort of thing it, it just it, it makes sense to me with how my brain thinks okay. yeah i'm going with proofs um any day of the week um going back to what alante said about skipping class though the one that i cannot tell you anything about is differential equations Ooh. don't ask me it's just nothing calculus. about nah no nah. Uh, <laughs> uh, <laughs> nah. i remember i'm sorry i'm going on a tangent now but i remember sitting in that class and thinking none of this makes sense to me like none of it and usually math makes sense like that's why i like math i could like I don't know. I couldn't. You can get, do calculus. You can do differential equations. I couldn't get different Q. Nah, they 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 literally turned a whole class into the alphabet and then decided to start doing their own thing. But yeah, I'll take I'll take proofs. <laughs> Geometry proofs. Yeah, y'all see, I ain't chimed in a bit because I don't know nothing about nothing that y'all talking about right now. So <laughs> I go with the integrals because as an artist, I had a more visceral reaction to the word integral, and I started visualizing things. I think of integration and connection, so I'm gonna go with that one. I don't okay. know. Okay. 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 <laughs> and this is the mathematician. Yeah. I'm sorry, but I just want to say, you do proofs in all levels of math, so it does not matter. <laughs> you will do proofs in all levels, so even in calculus, even with those calculus integrals, you still have proofs. I'm gonna go, I'm gonna go with geometry proofs also, um, and because integrals, I, I, it does something to my brain. Like I can do derivatives all day, it, you know, going forward, but. I cannot go backwards. It's been, and then they got you doing it three times. Like one is what well, one is like air. One is I don't know what the first integral is, but I know the second one is like area. Oh wait, maybe it's the first one area. One of them is area, and then another one is volume. That's and then it just it just gets too crazy. I I can do geometry. I mean, I can do geometry proofs. You know, it's not really that hard for me to you know do Pythagorean theorem or something like that. You know. I know, I know a square and a rhombus or, you know, a rhombus is a square. No, a square is a rhombus. Um, I can, I can do that, but the, the integrals, it's a, it's a whole different level. I can do derivatives. But... I kind of pick both. Oh, I, oh I just, okay. I, uh, yeah. It's just math, huh? Yeah. Hey, I had to ask us. <laughs> <PhD. laughs> right. 
Okay, so the next one is uh, this is gonna be an interesting one. In and Out versus Whataburger. I've never had either one. Really? No, I've never I'm- had Whataburger, so I'm gonna have to go with In and Out. I'll go with Whataburger. This I- was a discriminatory. Sorry. Okay, I got I got one for uh, I think I got one for you, Alante. Matt, what you what you picking? Oh, I I never had either one either. Okay. Um, tell me, tell um, me, like, what kind of burgers are they? Like, thin. None of so, them are like steamed cooked burgers, right? Not like White Castle. Correct. Um, yeah. Similar to Shake Shack, kind of. Have you been to like Shake Shack? Shack. I, I think I've been to Shake Shack. I mean, okay, so In and Out they only serve burgers. Like, but what if I want to go in and get a chicken sandwich though? Like, they don't you have no chicken. Have no chick- That's true. But what what a burger got more options? You know what I'm saying? Uh, so like when I lived in when I lived in Tulsa and uh, and then I lived in Dallas and now I live in Houston. Like I'm I'm going to hit Whataburger before I hit In and Out. And the In and Out fries taste like cardboard. I never had Whataburger, so I don't know. Does In and Out have breakfast? Are they are they open twenty four hours? I've only been I've only I'm not trying to <laughs> these are legit questions. So. People people from the West Coast are gonna flame us when they you know, that was like more like a West Coast, California thing or whatever. So I mean in the South, you know, it was Whataburger founded in corporate. I never went to Whataburger. So. Yeah. Okay. Like okay. The line was always too long. That's, That's your proof. Your proof. I think you did that. And then I don't think St. Louis has either one. Yeah, yeah. I, I will have to check. I don't do too much fast food like that, but I don't think they have either one. I think I got one for Alante and Matt. Um, White Castles <laughs> versus Crystals. <laughs> <laughs> um, dang, I thought I thought so. We have a Crystals in Memphis. I was gonna, I was gonna, I was gonna say Crystal and White Castle. Um, I don't do um, I don't do steam cooked burgers. I, 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 that's why I said it because you made no point to talk about the burgers. Yeah, nah, I can't cook. St. Louis, we do, we do white burgers. castles. They cook them like under steam oh, or something. Cook them like with water. That explain that texture. Man, that is soggy. I can't in, do it. In Greensboro, there was a steam cook, steam cook burger place on uh, what street was it? Um, I don't remember it. We went there. It was one of it was on our list of places to go, Matt, at one time. A lot of time I remember it. it I just remember I think it was I had White Castle and I was in Jersey and um, it might have been because I was super hungover that day but um, and I don't know if this is how they usually cook them but when we got the burger the bun was all soggy it was just nasty man the fries weren't good none of it was good I, yeah so I don't understand okay, what the actually- hype is Alante might be able to do Popeyes or Bojangles. Okay, I can because North Carolina. And you know what? I didn't eat Bojangles down there. Exactly, because Popeyes is better. Mm, I didn't. Nah, I didn't eat Bojangles. Bojangles like that either. Living in Alabama, Popeyes. I only had that one biscuit. It was too sweet for me. Mm, yeah, it was too better. sweet for me. The Bowberry biscuit is good, but Popeyes is still better. I'm voting for Popeyes. Okay. Oh wow! Okay. Hi, Popeyes got some fire red beans and rice, actually. So I think I might. Go. Oh yeah! Y'all are crazy. Right. <laughs> First time I had Popeyes, I got sick. Every now and then, that that sandwich will, you know, stick help you get through something. So every 
Exactly. Uh, we know not to ask Matt his food preferences because. Yo, so now listen. <laughs> I can't trust your taste buds over there. <laughs> no, man. So, so Bojangles was walking distance from Pride Hall in at North Carolina. And actually, I never had Bojangles in Virginia. Although, like, we have Bojangles here, but I never had Bojangles until I went to North Carolina. Um, and yeah, those days were like, we're just like hungry freshman college students. We would literally just, and no cars, we would walk from Pride, go to Bojangles. They have Bowberry biscuits, um, really good chicken sandwiches, and the, the Cajun fries. Oh, delicious. Are good and they tweet sweet tea is good too. Come on, like yeah, y'all wildin'. I just <laughs> I loved Biscuitville. I know I know we on a hell of a tangent, James. Sorry, but it's all good. <laughs> I ate Biscuitville so much that I it's almost as if that Bojangles right there was not even in my mind because I was just going to Biscuitville. Oh like, yeah, Biscuitville be slapping too. too. So good. Okay. I've never heard of uh, Biscuitville. It's a North. It's only North Carolina. But they make fresh biscuits in there, and that's it. Y'all need to sponsor us. Say say anymore. It's really good. <laughs> um, okay, so I got I got two. So we got like four more left. But so I'm gonna do two quick ones. All right, chemistry or physics? And just say which one. Physics. I actually did well in that class. You don't ask me nothing though, because I don't remember. It's actually difficult for me to choose one. I feel like Math. you need both. I know. I feel like you need both. Ironically, I'm gonna say chemistry because, and it's it's weird because I'm a civil engineer. I just I just rock with chemistry. I still remember how valence electrons work. I still, you know, know that carbon got four of them. I know that there's a whole bunch of unbalanced ones. I still know the periodic table. I'm just out, and I haven't touched chemistry since freshman year of college, but I still get it though. Yeah, I would have to say chemistry also. I, I feel like I did better in physics, but I don't know, chemistry to me has more application for what I do in, in real life. Honestly, it might come down to physics one and physics two. Because physics one, I can do it. Phys, phys, so physics one, I can, I, I'm better at physics one. Physics two, so I'm better at physics one, but I did better in physics two, I think. Because Sandine just made it so easy. Even though I couldn't tell you nothing about physics two today. I feel like I got a story about like everything, but I'm gonna keep it real short. So I never really liked chemistry, so I'm not gonna pick chemistry, but physics is hard for me to, to pick over chemistry because high school physics, we had a teacher, his name was Mr. Trivet, and he looked like uh, like Dumbledore, like from, uh, what is Dumbledore from? Harry Potter. Harry Potter. Harry Potter? Harry Potter. All right, yeah. Anyways, older white guy with this long beard, like, and he would just give us these crazy physics equations. Um, so high school physics was actually harder for me than college physics one and two, just cause this guy was just like, I don't know, he was out of this world. Interesting. But, um, but I would pick physics, I think, over chemistry. Okay. He was definitely challenging. I think it was a good teacher. I, I don't know. It's just hard. It, it was maybe because it was high school and I knew nothing what he was talking about. I don't know. It was, okay. Maybe different. he was a good teacher and he, he kind of prepped you. Uh, I think. You, yeah. When you actually took it in, in college, you already. Maybe that's what it was. Picked up on it. Yeah. 
Because when we got to college, I was like, man, this is easy. I'm on Tanshar. Y'all pick. Can I say neither? That's true. You can do that. Okay. Okay. I want to say both. You, you need both. Because oh. oh. working in engineering, physics did take so much. And then mm -hmm. I'm a material scientist, so I, I do a lot of chemistry, too. And I, I killed chemistry in college. Like, the lady, my, my professor was trying to get me to convert and change my major to chemistry that's how well i did sure, sure. but I, I can't i can't choose either one i i have to say both okay all right i'm gonna say we're gonna have to do the other two uh well i got one last one and we just gotta make it quick but in honor of um the east atlanta greatness i mean the atlanta greatness that happened on thursday night jeezy or gucci who won jeezy easy yeah okay I'm not gonna lie to y'all, I didn't watch it, but <laughs> <clears throat> but I'm picking GZ all day over Gucci. I didn't watch it either, but I'm gonna be the long ranger here and pick Gucci because I like more of his songs. Okay, so I'm just gonna say this real quick. So I prefer GZ over Gucci. I, I, I like both of them a lot. And you know, I'm from Atlanta, East Side, all day. Um, but GZ is a I like GZ more. Um, However, I think that y'all saying Jeezy hands down because y'all y'all don't uh, y'all ain't grow up in Atlanta when Gucci was putting out a lot of them songs that he was playing. Like a lot of those was like hood classics for us. So for me, it was closer than I expected, and I was, it was kind of it wasn't a tie, but it was like it was close. It wasn't a tie at all. Yeah. Who knew those Gucci songs? Girl, I knew all of them. I mean, okay, I'll say this: they both had different objectives going into that battle. Maybe. And yeah. both of them accomplished their objective. I'll say that. But as far as the battle goes, Jeezy had the hits. Gucci, Gucci got hits too, though. Gucci, Gucci got bangers. Jeezy got classics. He didn't. He didn't play hits. Gucci, did, Gucci played diss records, not hits. Yeah, but 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 they still they was hits in it to us in Atlanta though. I half with, his with, songs. I I didn't. Yeah, I never with, heard in my life. Collective, huh? With the collective, you know, if you only if you only play music for one small demographic, you're not gonna, you know, it's just like the election, right? Yeah. You can't just say like, well, I did well in Tipton County or whatever. Like, you yeah. feel everybody. That's true. Okay. Bringing Thank up the election. Cool. <laughs> <laughs> let's, not, let's not go there. It's gonna be a whole other thing. <laughs> yeah, we don't need that tangent. Then the vibe is in. She gonna slide again. Then the vibe is in. Yo, slide again. What's your purpose? I need my money urgent.